Good morning. Happy Father's Day. I um, I told the the first service this, and I, I don't know if it if my goal worked, but the my goal of this lesson is is not, this isn't about dads. Okay, this is not a Father's Day sermon. Uh, but in a sense, it is a Father's Day sermon, and then I want to talk about our Father, um, our Heavenly Father. So in that sense, it is. But after the first service, several guys came up to me, and they said, gosh, Galen, that was a beating. <laughs> and and I, I prefaced it. This isn't, this isn't about dads. Um, this uh, is about our God and Father. So I, I hope that no matter who you are and where you are, what life situation that you're in, that... Um, that you'll go away wanting to love God more, wanting to pursue a relationship with Him in a more deep and more meaningful way. Uh, as goes with our vision, our vision is to, to love God, love people, and serve others. And, and I pray that at the end that you'll walk away going, okay, I want to I do better in my relationship with God, my Heavenly Father. Uh, I want to look at Him maybe a little bit differently. Uh, so I, I hope that that's the, that's the case this morning. You know, there's, there's not a whole lot of uh, references to, um, uh, to God the Father, especially in the Old Testament. This up here. Um, but when you do see that in the Old Testament, there is the idea of God as Father, but you don't see a whole lot of things, uh, references. It's very few references where God refers to himself as Father. Uh, but he does call Israel his firstborn, and that, that Israel is his, his, his son. Uh, you can see there in Isaiah where he says, Isaiah says, you're, you are our father. Uh, we're the clay, and you're the potter, and you're doing all the work, and we're just, we're just here. Um, so you see that idea, that, that theme of God as a father, but again, no references of him referring to himself as the father. Um, there in, in Hosea, as you kind of move from old the Old Testament through Exodus all the way through, you'll see that theme is God is Father. But again, not many references to that. When you when you see in the New Testament what Jesus does in one of the greatest passages, the, the sections that that um, uh, I've ever read, and, and and I would encourage you if there were anything that you wanted to memorize in the Bible uh, that you would rem- memorize this sermon, Matthew five, six, and seven, uh, Jesus's Sermon on the Mount. And he starts out and he says, um, you know, now when you pray, because they've asked him to pray. Now, in, in the first century, um, there were a lot of, of formulas for being able to, to find God. People looked for ways that, that they could connect with God. And th- they had these special formulas for, for prayers. Um, they said, well, if you repeat it ten times or if you do this so many times or if you say it this way or say it that way. And, and you know, we kind of do this the same way. I know when I first became a Christian, uh, and even now I catch myself doing this, if, if I didn't say, in Jesus' name, I wondered if God was going to hear me. So that's kind of one of those formulas. You know, we have this pattern of things that we, we tend to follow, we tend to search for. And Jesus is trying to explain to the people that, look, if you want to connect with God, here's how you do it. And the first line is, you address him as Father, our Father who art in heaven. So if we really want to connect with God, we really need to see him as, as a Father. Now, I, I'm, I, I'm aware that... Uh, 
like on days like this, it's difficult for some people because some of you have lost your father. Um, I, I kind of feel like I've kind of lost part of mine. As you know, he's in kind of middle stages of dementia, so it's really not the dad that I grew up with. So when I think about my father, um, some of you have, have a not so good image because maybe had an abusive father. Um, maybe father was disconnected from the family and uh, you lived under those circumstances. But again, no matter what situation that you grew up in or that you're currently in, God is still our father. And I think part of it, if we have come from a abusive situation or a disconnected father, disconnected, disjointed home, that we can still look at our father and have an example of the perfect father and live according to that father and live being embraced by him and not being concerned about the circumstances that I may have grown up in or the current circumstances that I might find myself in. Um, one of the things that uh, addressing him as father, kind of, kind of thinking about, thinking through what I was going to talk about and which aspects I wanted to talk about. Because when you, when you look at the characteristics or some aspects of God, I mean, gosh, they're all over the place. We could be here all day, and I, I know that you don't want to be here all day, so I just chose four, okay? I chose four, and the first one is that God is a competent father. God is a competent father. Now, there's a lot of ideas um, about fathers out there. Um, if you think about it, how are fathers usually portrayed in the media? They're, they're really not portrayed very competent. Um, and sometimes, you know, I, I, don't, I didn't feel very confident. In fact, <laughs> um, just earlier this month, I was in the car with my son, and um, we were talking, and it was, his, it was his, uh, a little bit before his birthday, and I said, gosh, Corey, by the time I was your age, I had three kids. And he said, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I really, really made me feel like a, a really a competent dad. But the media and commercials and things like that don't portray us, and sometimes we don't feel uh, like we're very competent. But we want to kind of talk about God being a competent father. Um, here's a video clip I want you to see. This is... Um, uh, Mr. Mom, he's getting ready to drop his kids off at um, school. And I know a lot of dads that have had this kind of experience. Uh, I've had this kind of experience, and I'll tell you about that a little bit later. So here we go with the clip. Dad, you passed it. Passed what? We're right on time. But Dad, you're doing it wrong. Mommy doesn't do it like this. We're going to do it the Jack Butler method. What is this? This is nuts. Why are they all honking? Because you're doing it wrong. Tell me I'm doing it wrong. I know how to do this. from the north, and then we do just the reverse when we pick up. Where little ones don't have to walk between the cars, 
to get to the learning facility. Okay, move it out. And remember, south to drop off, north to pick up. Pick them up. Okay, it's a good system. Sometimes we don't, uh, we're not portrayed very competent in the media. Um, but again, we do the same. I, um, my kids uh, used to hate for me to read to them. Um, and I never really understood. I always wanted to, to put them to bed and, and read to them because Sharon could go and do that. And they would just all cr- huddle up in there and crowd around in the bed and, and, and read. And my kids um, never would let me read to them that, the problem is, and I didn't know this then, but I'm dyslexic. And so I never could really, I don't spell very well, and I definitely don't read very well. And they could, at times, my oldest could read better than I could. At least she could see the words on the page. But anyway, I've learned since then how to fix that problem. But uh, I didn't really feel like a real competent father. Um, you know, we see that how Jesus would always continued to point us to the Father. He said, see, he would say things like, um, I don't do anything that I don't see the Father doing, or I don't say anything that I don't hear the Father saying. See, Jesus pointed to him because he was, he was very competent, and he imitated him. And, and Jesus said, well, you imitate me. You just, you just be like me. And one of our roles is to be like that. Even Jesus says, be perfect as your Father is perfect, and he calls us to that imitation because you imitate people that you believe are competent. Um, I remember being an electrician, and I was about oh three years into my apprenticeship. Well, I wasn't a journeyman yet, and I was working over in uh, Market Hall. I don't know if you, any of you know what Market Hall is. It's over on thirty-five. It's where they um, sell goods. It's where uh, stores go to buy goods to sell. It's kind of like the World Trade Center, and uh, they were adding some floors uh, on that, and I was one of the electricians working on the project, and the, the day of the, the, of the first show, we were a little bit behind schedule, so we were still kind of working on things, and the day of the show, we kicked the lights on, we were testing everything, everything worked, the show, shows began, the place, is, place filled up with people, and about two hours in, the lights all went out. Now, I had this shirt on with a big patch on the back that said Phillips Electric. And people were looking for me, and I didn't have a clue of what was going on. So I went down, and I found there was only three or four of us working on the job. There's one journeyman. The rest of us were apprentices. And so he says, we, got, we have to go down to the switch gear and look at it and see what happened because we've blown a main. And so I'm, I'm, I go down there with him, and he starts pulling out the... the uh, the, the, the breakers were in these drawers. He pulls out this drawer, and he looks back in there, and he said, it's burnt. We're going to have to replace it. And I'm going, well, how are we going to turn the power off? He said, we're not. So we're going to do this live. And he said, yeah. And I'm thinking, you know, apprentices always do what the journeymen don't want to do. And I'm thinking I'm not going to be in a good position here. But... Because I had competence, because he had competence, I trusted him, I believed him, been working with him a long time. I, I believed that if I did what he told me to do, it was going to be okay, even though we're talking about 277, 480 in these lugs, that, these wires that we're going to be messing with. And I don't know if you've ever been shocked by 110, um, kind of gives you a little tingle. Um, 
277, 480 is more than a little tingle, and most of the time you don't wake up from it. Uh, so my, my heart was 90 to nothing, and he hands me these big rubber gloves and tells me to put them on and tells me to get in there. Well, <laughs> I mean, I can remember this just like it was yesterday. And I got in there, and, and anyway, it was done. But it would have never been done if I didn't believe in the journeyman, the man I was following, the man that was training me. And that's kind of what Jesus does. He kind of keeps pointing us to, to God, the Father. He keeps saying, look at him, look at him, and do what he does. Be obedient to him. An- another aspect of um, this uh, idea of father is it, that he's a faithful father. father. Um, we have a, a very faithful father. You know, and, and at least in my life, I, I, I always thought about when somebody talked about being faithful that they were talking about adultery. And... So, I, you know, I would, well, I'm not doing anything like that. But then I realized that faithfulness always, isn't always tied to being uh, uh, an adulteress or, be, or committing adultery. That faithfulness has everything to do with choosing to be with someone or choosing not to be with someone. Choosing to be disconnected. One of the things I learned in, in my uh, first few years of marriage um, in uh, Sharon was very graceful in, at teaching me a lot of things. Um, but one of the things I loved to do was fish. And I was going to Harding, and if you've been to Searcy, there are little ponds everywhere. I mean, you can go fishing every day. And that's exactly what I did. So I, I wasn't real faithful because she'd be at home taking care of the kids, and I'd be fishing. I'd come in, look at the fish. Yeah. Put them in the skillet. No. Uh, so even our presence, choosing to be with someone, um, wanting to be together, wanting to be connected, has to do with faithfulness and being faithful, being present there, um, and knowing that you're going to be there at the right time. You see, Jesus knew that God was going to be there. That's why he led him to the cross. Um, as I was thinking through this, I, um, when Sharon was pregnant with our first daughter, Tara, um, we went to the hospital, I don't know how many times, and they kept sending us home. We'd go over there, she'd tell me, oh, she's ready, uh, I'm ready, and, and we'd get there, no, she'd not go home. And we did that about five or six times, but see, I'm pretty smart, and I was noting what was going on, Okay. And one of the things I did notice that when, when, when she was not worried about makeup, putting on her makeup before we left, it's time, okay? So I just noted that because there, there did come a time when she was pregnant, she said, okay, let's just go. She didn't even care if she had her bag or any of that stuff. We just got in the car and we went and sure enough, we got to stay. So I'm, I'm just keeping a mental record of this and filing it away. Well, when it came time for Corey to be born, I said, oh, I've been down here, I know this. Um, so... I, one of the things that I also noticed that about Sharon is that she would uh, kind of start trembling, uh, uh, had tremors, kind of. You know, you just kind of shake a little bit when it was time. And, and she said, I think it's time. And I'm, I'm thinking, nah, it ain't time. I'm, I'm, I'm not seeing any signs of time. And so I had a buddy of mine named uh, Dale Vernon. He called me up and he said, Galen, do you want to run down to Whataburger and get a hamburger? I said, sure. Well... When I came back, I was in trouble. 
um, while I was gone, her water had broke, and Corey was almost born in the car. Um, so part of being faithful is knowing that you're going to be there because she has not let me forget that, especially when Ashley was born, that I wasn't present when, when I should have been present, okay? So faithfulness has this idea that God is always going to be there for you. Now, you may step out, you may go get a hamburger, you may think you have it figured out, step away from God, but God is going to be there for you when you return. He's a a very faithful, faithful father. A third aspect is that he's a responsive father. Um, A lot of times, we are very, our earthly fathers like me, we're very reactive. We, We react to things. But we have a responsive father. He responds because he, as in the, in the prayer, he says, just ask me, I know what you need. You pray this way. I know what you need before you need it, and I'm going to take care of you. And, I, and I'm faithful to do that. Know your needs, and so I'm, I'll respond at the appropriate time. I'll give you what you need. And that's exactly what he does. Um, but in our reactivity, and I was, as I was thinking about how, you know, I react to so many things and I, I'm, that showed that video um, I was taking Tara. They, they, you know they have these school lines in every country? It's crazy. So I was, was with Sharon. I was driving, and, and we were in the line to pick up Tara. Well, and she had a little friend in the car, and we're in this line, and I'm in a hurry, and it looked like that. It, it wasn't raining, but it, it was just chaos. And I was trying to get in there and get out, and I... Opened the back door, the back door got open somehow, and Tara was getting in, and I took off and just started going and ran over her foot. Um, it was a gravel, it was gravel, so it was okay. <laughs> she didn't think it was very okay. Um, but um, we react. That was all because I was just reacting. I just wanted to get in there and get out of there. And then I just told her to get in the car. What I, when, as, her, as the car was passing over her foot, I was yelling at her to telling her to get in and close the door. And it was, it was quite a scene. It was, it was interesting. But that's all because of that, um, that reactivity. Uh, I can remember also when we had a Jeep when we were in Brazil and um, it was like a it was an old Willis Jeep, an old army Jeep, and it was broke more times than it was running. Uh, so I had it pulled in the garage, and I was doing some work on it. And Corey always liked to help me. He was about five at this time. And, of course, we had the, the, had the, it was underneath the Jeep, and you can just lay underneath one. It was setting up real high. So I'm underneath there, and I'm messing with some tools. And, and he gets a tool, and he starts messing with it and acting like he's undoing something. He's just, you know, acting. And... All of a sudden, I, I got my hand hung underneath something that I, I don't even remember what I was messing with, and my finger was hung in, in, it was being pinched. And I turned around, and he had that, and I needed the wrench that he had, and I'd give me that wrench. And, and he just looked at me. And I, I forgot the pain that my finger was going through, and all of a sudden, he just got this face. You know how their lip starts going? <laughs> he just sat there, and I, and I, and I just crushed me. And then he just started all of a sudden, bah, and he crawled out and got out from underneath and, you know, didn't want to have anything to do with me. Thank God we don't have a father like that, a father that knows how to respond to the needs, loves us and cares for us, not, like, uh, not much like we are. Um, the next one, 
Let's move on. Uh, then we have a pursuing father. We have a, a, a God that pursues us. He wants to be in relationship with us. He pursues that relationship. You know, and what I see so, in so many of our families today is, is that we're pursuing so many things. We pursue careers. We pursue, pursue sports. We pursue activities. But I don't really see us pursuing to be in relationship with one another. And one of the ways that you can tell if you're pursuing that relationship, if the relationship is growing and it's going deeper and deeper, one of the things I always ask couples is I'll ask couples, what are you about as a couple? Because when we're deeply connected to one another, when we have that relationship, we know what we're about as a couple. I, I know what I'm about as an individual. If you ask me, well, what is Galen about? I can articulate that. But in so many instances, when I ask couples, I say, well, what are you about as a couple? They can't articulate it. They really don't know what they're about as a couple. Or when you say, well, what are you about as a family? What's this family about? So I don't really see us pursuing the relationships, the deep, meaningful relationships, the way God pursues us. And he pursues us and he's persistent. I know that in my walk, God pursued me and pursued me and pursued me. Life kept getting worse and worse and worse. I was... Not anywhere interested, but God kept pursuing, and that's why I'm here today. And some, are, some, God, some of you are being pursued by God. You really don't recognize that you're being pursued by God. In fact, a lot of times this pursuit is visible in, in the fact that we're suffering, that we're struggling with something, that there's pain involved, emotional pain. I don't like the situation. I'm frustrated. I'm angry. And usually what I do is I'm, I'm angry at God. But in reality, we need to be asking the question, could this be God's pursuit of me? Could this be God trying to show me that the things of this world, how broken they are and how they won't satisfy what I'm looking for? That I, what I really need is that relationship, that deep, meaningful relationship with my Father and to come to know Him as my Father. You know, we see the, the example of the, uh, the lost sheep, the shepherd that has 100 sheep and one goes away and he leaves the 99 and he goes and gets them. That's our father. That's how he pursues us. So I want to leave you with something to do. What, what I'd like for you to do is to be, reflect on God as father this week. I'd like for you to reflect on that. And then I'd, I'd like for you to, to be thinking about how God has demonstrated his fatherhood to you during the next week. And reflect on that. And then I want you to share that with your, your spouse or a close friend. You share it with someone. After you've kind of made the observation, this is what I think God is doing and this is how I think he's acting and behaving as a father. Reflect on that. Share that, and then make a plan. This is what I'm going to do, because God is my Father, and this is how He has treated me as a son, a loving son, a son that loves Him, and a Father that, is, that loves the Son. This is what I'm going to do. And you share that with somebody. You share with what you're going to do with someone, and then go do it. Make sense? So you, you see how God is your father. You see how God is interacting with you as your father. You see, you make that observation. 
So you see that, you reflect on it, you share it with someone, your spouse, family member, close friend, whoever. You share that, you make a plan, this is what I'm going to do. Because of this, because I've seen this, because I've experienced this, this is what I'm going to do. And then do it. And share what you've done. I'm so thankful that we have the perfect father. I'm so thankful that in all of my incompetencies, in all my unfaithfulness, in all my irrational reactivity, and in all my lack of pursuit, that we have the perfect father that does just the opposite and calls us to do the same. So let's be thankful that we have the perfect father. Let's pray. Our Father God, boy, we know how much you love us. We know how much you pursue us. We know how faithful you are. We know how you respond to the needs that we have at the appropriate time. You're the perfect Father, and we thank you for that. And Father, we thank you so much for sending Jesus to point us your way. To show us what it's like to live being loved by God, by by a father. To show us a perfect father-son relationship, to give us that example. We're so thankful that you've done that. Shows us how much you love us and how competent you are as a father. And Father, I just pray for every individual here. I pray that you'll help them in this week to see you as Father, to recognize you as Father, and to embrace you as a son embraces his loving Father. And help us to share that with someone so that they too can come to know the perfect Father. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.